0: Well, praise the Lord. It's my uh, honor and privilege to bring the word to you this morning. And as usual, I have way more than what I'm possibly going to be able to fit into our time together. Too many verses, too many things to say. So you can help me this morning by trusting that the Lord will keep it to the point he wants to make. Amen? All right. I know. uh Uh-oh. And the reason why it's like that is because I want to talk to you today about Jesus. So our little time here together this morning, well, it, there's no way we can talk about everything this morning concerning Him. Amen? We're just listening to that song, or it's not, hopefully not just listening to, singing that song about how Jesus is our Redeemer, right, and, and uh, Savior and, and all those things that He is to us. And this word that came forth this morning from Pastor Gwen um, was very much, I believe, from the Lord and very much on what he wants to say to us this morning, because there is this thing that happens in Christianity where we get get through the door. You know what I mean by that? Saved, that's right. Jesus said, I am the door. And so often what happens is that we get through the door, we get saved, and we're pretty excited about that, and there's nothing wrong with being excited about that. We're excited, we're saved, and then somewhere along the line, we start hearing things that we need to do. And so as good believers, we set out to do all the things that we need to do to be a good Christian. And often, not always, but often what happens in that case is that we start discovering, well, I have this need here, but God said he'll look after that need. And I've got this issue over here, and he said he would deliver me from that. And I've got, we start to look at our life and start teaching about what God can do, what we should do, and so on and so forth. And we set about to build ourselves a good life in God. Now, some of you are laughing because you know, kind of, or chuckling at least, because you know where I'm going with that. We set out to build a good life in God. You know, I should take the cap off this before I try drinking it. All of us should take the cap off so that we can... Hmm. Hallelujah. And so we set about trying to build ourselves a good life in God. Now... I don't know, am I the only one that's done? I believe that everyone here can testify to that a little bit. We find ourselves in different stages of our Christianity at times. We find ourselves, maybe, you know, um, there are some people that have been going to church for many years, and it's a part of their their routine, their weekly and sometimes maybe only monthly for some, routine of going to church. And so they go to church, and and they hear. It's kind of like the shot in the arm that gives them what they need to get on through their week. And they're, they, you know, they have the little promise box, and they pull out the promises, and they look at that once a day. And, you know, and, and that's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. By all means, show up at church, amen? Yeah. So, you know, if, if the promises of God, you want to keep those in front of your face, great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all that your faith is, then there might be something lacking in that. You know, there are, there are things where we can be believers for a period of time, and we, we seem to be, you know, managing our lives very well because we go along, and then when there's a crisis, then we go to the pastor, or we go to, maybe we'll go to some of our favorite verses that'll get us out, we think. And we, we act like that in times of trouble, but, you know, once we're out, then we're good, Hey. It's all good. I got out of trouble, and now I can continue on with my Christian life, and we continue on building our Christian life. There are others that have more of a mentality where they, they see something in God, and they want to pursue Him, and so they do, and the more that they do, they think, well, the key here is kind of like, I've got, I've got to get more teaching, We've got to get more instruction, because I don't know about this, and I don't know about that. And what about, and we have questions, so we pursue teaching. And uh, we find ourselves in a place where we're constantly learning. And yet, and learning is good, and yet there are are things that lack and things that miss. And we think, well, maybe if I just get a little bit more teaching, that will solve that problem. Right? Again, has anyone been in a situation like that? I can raise my hand and say that, where we're pursuing, but we're pursuing on our terms in our own way, you know, and that's not necessarily God's best for us. So what I want to talk to you about today is about Jesus himself, because I can tell you the doctrine of salvation did not save your soul. As well as you may know it. It and of itself did not save you, but Jesus did. You know, when you think about getting healed, the doctrine of healing, as well as you may know it, itself will not heal your body. But Jesus will. He'll heal your body. So there is this this gap, this thing that happens, where we become excellent learners, perhaps, but somehow stay disconnected from a living faith in Jesus Christ. And the room is silent. Wow. Starting out to be a great morning, amen? Anybody need to stretch their legs or brace themselves? All right. An analogy of what I'm talking about, sometimes, I mean, have you ever... Can you imagine, for example, I want you to think of, there's Jesus standing in front of you, and you're a little kid, and he has some building blocks that when you assemble them, it looks just like he does. And there's a set of instructions there that talk about how to put these blocks together to look just like Jesus, and yet, all the while, he is right there in front of you. Sometimes as believers, we're like that little child that looks at the instructions and tries to put the blocks together and never looks at the one sitting right across from us. We look at the box, okay, and we think, oh, if I can, someone help me interpret these instructions, and then we can put these little pieces together, and we start building this together the way that we think it fits. We start building, 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 and... And then we're looking back at the instructions, and we're like, oh, that doesn't look quite right. And then we go back again, and we think we, ask, we invite someone over to the house to come and help us with the instructions. How do I, These instructions here, Lord, help me with these instructions. And we, we, we try to get, become experts in interpreting the instructions on how to build this, this Lego statue that looks just like Jesus. And meanwhile, Jesus is sitting right there in front of you going, hi, hello, hi there sometimes our Christian lives can be like that. We hear about, you know, walking in love, and we think, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm commanded to do that, so I'm going to do that. And maybe some others are like, well, I guess I have to do that because we're commanded. I mean, <laughs> there, there's different ways to hear that. And so, you think, well, I'm going to walk in love. And then you think, well, I need to hear another sermon on love. And then I was trying to walk in love really hard, but it just... And then someone said something and I got mad and I said something I shouldn't have said and now I'm repenting. And now, you know, I, I now I'm going to go back and listen to another tape set on love and maybe that'll be what I need to get me through so that I can actually walk in love the way God wants me to. Again, nobody else, just me. Yeah. You know, right? I did a similar thing when it came to faith. Because I discovered that the i mean the way that the things are in the world i don't have to be a victim of my circumstances right i realized it's not just you know god created this world and gave it a spin and just <laughs> and sat back and watched it like a top till it winds down like that's that's not god and i as as a you know as a young christian i was like wait a minute i don't have to just hope maybe god'll hear me I can actually go and find out what he's promised, and I can believe what he has said, and then he'll actually do that in my life. (laughs) I thought, wow, this is amazing. Uh So that really opened a door for me, the door of faith in my life. Now, I was a believer, so obviously I'd walk through that door at one point in time, right? (laughs) Otherwise, I wouldn't have been looking at that. I wouldn't have been interested in that. But... Here I am thinking, wow, this is amazing. I mean, I can actually go to the Bible, I can hear what God has said in his word to me, and then I can believe that he'll actually do that in my life, and he will. I don't have to be a victim of my circumstances anymore. I don't have to struggle to get through. I don't have to do my best and hope that it all turns out okay. Right? Do we all know this about the Bible? About what God will do? Yeah? Okay. So I endeavored to EduMicate myself when it came to faith in God. I listened to tapes because it was exciting. I'm just, uh, tapes, so you know how long ago that was now. <laughs> tapes. You know, I was at that time painting for somebody and painting houses, and, and I, it was great because I could uh, put my Walkman on, Walkman, right? Put the tapes in. And press the button with my ear. I don't think it was even ear buds at the time. It was the over, over the head kind of, yeah, that kind. And paint away and hope that the painting pulled in and get caught in the cord and pull it off my head. But, you know, I could listen to the word of God for like eight hours a day. It was wonderful. I was flying at the end of eight hours as just a man of faith and power by the end of the work day. It was exciting. But you know what ended up happening? Is I had a lot of faith... In faith. (laughs) Not so much faith in God. I'm thinking, how can that be? Because what I was hearing was how to walk in faith. How to confess God's word. How to control the thoughts that come into your mind so you only think the word. How to put God's word in your heart. How to hear God speaking to you through his word. How to stand on the word. These are all things. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. But it began to become, like Pastor Gwen was mentioning this morning, a formula. This is what I do to get God to do something in my life. I go to the Word. I find there's my need. I find the promise that addresses my need. And then I do this, A, B, C, and D. I had a lot of faith in the principles. If you were to try to tell me, no, those things don't work, we'd have a... A heated discussion (laughs) and I would convince you whether you like it or not that these things work because I had a lot of faith in the principles of faith so it was a very sad day when I realized that why isn't this working in my life oh I can't think like that that's unbelief I can't think like that that's unbelief and yet I'm looking around I'm going Something ain't right. This little battle ensues on the inside of me because I'm looking and hey, my body's not healed. Hey, something's going on. I'm not I, I'm just barely making ends meet here. Some, something's not right. I can't get over this bad habit. But I have a lot of faith in faith principles. You want to. Want to talk to me about how faith doesn't doesn't all that does that stuff doesn't work. Oh, we'd go to war over that. Oh yes, it does. I know it. Here's what the Bible says. Here, 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 and here, chapter and verse, you till it's you're piled underneath all of the chapter and verses I just dumped on you. (laughs) And then I think, yeah. Except it's not working in my life because I got this problem and that (laughs) problem, this other problem over here, and (sighs) nobody else knows what I'm talking about, right? Just, you know. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. Let's look at verse 17. I'm going to kind of do this a little bit in reverse here. We're going to look at this one verse and then read the ones above it, then the ones above that, and the ones above that. All right? So, Romans 10, 17. And this is the Amplified Translation here. It says this, So faith comes by hearing, and what is heard comes by the preaching of Christ. Now, I know the King James will say, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. Yes? But you can understand very plainly what this is saying. If you're going to have faith you got to hear the Word, right? Okay. So what are you hearing? I'm hearing the Word. Well, okay. What are you hearing? For me, I was hearing a lot about faith principles. And somehow thinking that I was growing in faith in God but I was not actually hearing God. Hmm. Okay. Hearing words about God, but I wasn't hearing God. And to be honest with you, for most of what I was doing, I wasn't even hearing things about God. I was just hearing what I needed to do to get God to do something. So I had a lot of faith in that. I had a little bit of faith in what he could do for me, as promised in his word. But I had even less faith in him, in God himself. See, what happens in a place like that? What happens in a place like that is that when you encounter something in your, in your life, it wages war against your mind. And your mind says, no, the word of God says this. But the thing is, is that when you've learned the formula, there's an automatic reaction that comes, no, I'm going to believe God's Word. And it sounds good if it's actually coming out of your heart. If you've just learned what to do, there's no power and no faith in it. You've just learned by rote. You know what it means by rote? By repetition, over and over and over finally you kind of get it. Except that doesn't, that doesn't apply in Christianity. You don't learn by rote in Christianity. You can get a certain amount of mental understanding, but there's no faith in that. So what happens is, is that a situation comes and you go, oh, I know what the Bible says about that and you pull out the promise, and you you struggle, and you fight, and you do this, and you do that, because you're standing on the Word. But is your faith actually in God, or is it in what you are doing? Is it in God? What does faith in God actually look like? That might help us understand a little bit more clearly. If we understand what the measuring stick is. What's faith in God actually look like? You know, at one point, everybody in this room exercised faith in God. Uh, Otherwise, you wouldn't be here this morning. When you did, were you a man of faith and power? (laughs) No, probably not. And there's very different ways that people come in some there are some that are have their lives are in shambles they've hit rock bottom and they go how am I going to get out of this there's, there's got to be something more. There's, there's got to be something other than this. I mean, I, I don't understand why I try and try, and it's just like I can't get anything to work properly, and I don't know what to do, and then my friend invites me to church, and I really don't want to go and be a part of that religious bunch, but there's just something I don't, just something today. Fine, I'll go, and I go, and I hear the preacher preaching, and he's talking. What is he talking about? Is he talking about Jesus? Somewhere you heard about Jesus. And you realize, I don't have to stay in this mess. There's something bigger than me. I can be a part, I can have life that's greater than this. And some variation on that. Other people have, they're just going along. And I mean, our salvation stories and how we tell it, they vary. Some people were in trouble and like maybe even possessed and just under the influence of the devil. And someone who loves him dragged them to church, and the devil got cast out. And that person was suddenly in their right mind, and they're like, Jesus is Lord. And they give their life to Him. Others were, we were raised in a Christian home, and as a child began to hear about who the Lord is. We go to church, and suddenly one day, something clicked on the inside, and you went, yeah, this is real. This is true. And you believed it. You didn't stand up and confess 15 salvation scriptures to get yourself saved. Anybody? No, nobody did that. Okay. Thank you. You didn't know any scriptures or so you thought. What did you hear? Jesus will save you. Jesus is the answer. Jesus paid for you with his life. He rose from the dead so that you can have eternal life. You heard something like that, right? But you heard it, and it was real enough for you to make a decision in your heart, yes. And you did something. You said a prayer, you got baptized, you made a a turn in your heart that said, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to do this. I'm going this way. This is right. You did something in your heart that responded to that word. And what happened? You were born again. You were saved. Hallelujah. You, the Bible says, raised to life in Christ Jesus. The old you was dead and gone, and the new you is of God, and it is good. Hallelujah. Something happened to you. But then you went to church and you heard a bunch oh, i got to do this and i got to do that. And next thing you know, you're struggling and pushing and trying to build a life because you think that's what God requires of you. And you're trying really hard. And some, peop- some people give up, but their conscience bugs them, so they keep coming. And they just, you know, whether it's sitting in the front or sitting in the back, their heart's not close to God. Other people try really hard and try really hard and learn more to try to figure out how to do it better. Trying, trying, trying. But that's not even how you got born again to begin with, was it? That's not how you got saved. You did exert faith in God when you got saved. Let's turn... I actually turned you to Romans 10. We read one verse. I want to read more, but... So maybe keep your finger in there. You might run out of fingers in a little bit, though, so... Colossians chapter 2, please. Colossians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Let's look at verses 6 and 7 again. This is the Amplified Translation. It says this, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ even Jesus the Lord, walk or regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to Him. We're talking about a person here. Him. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in Him, fixed and founded in Him. Being continually built up in Him. And then it says, become increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Sometimes we get that all backwards. Just as you therefore received Christ, well, now I've got to become increasingly more confirmed in the faith and what I believe. So I'm going to listen to some teaching, get some tapes, and try really hard. And we missed the most vital part. As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. Live in Him. Be rooted and grounded and established in Him. So let me ask you, who is he to you? How well do you know him? Or have you spent time looking at the drawing and the, trying to build the figurine that looks like Jesus, trying to assemble it all, when he's sitting right across from you, and I'll help you build it? Because I think he might know how it works. I think he might know. But who is he to you? You know, I know some testimonies in this this room. So I know there are testimonies of people who know Jesus as their healer. They know him that way. It's not a matter of knowing the 15 healing scriptures or however many healing scriptures. It's not about knowing that or the, the principles of this and of that. It's not about that. They know Jesus the healer. I know him as my healer. He healed my body. I'm well today. You could say, I'm alive today because of what he did. He healed me. I know Jesus as my healer. And I know for me, there are other verses that that stand out in my heart and life a lot when I start talking about him. I think about how he has been a good shepherd. I know He leads and guides and directs me. I know He provides for me. I've seen Him do it over and over and over again. I know Him as my good shepherd. I know Him that way. When things come up that would challenge that, they can't take that from me because I know Him that way. doesn't wage war against my mind, because I already know Jesus is my good shepherd. I know he'll lead me. Hallelujah. I know he'll give direction to my life. I'm not wandering about trying to figure things out, worried I might make a mistake, worried I might go in the wrong way, and 10 years go by, and I regret it. I'm not worried about that, because I know Jesus is my good shepherd. I trust him. I have faith in him as my good shepherd. Why? Because I heard 15 verses on him, heard teaching tapes on him. No, those just help me get established in the faith. But I know him. I've been walking with him in this way. I've been increasing in my knowing of who he is as my good shepherd daily, been rooted and grounded in him as my good shepherd because... As I fellowship with him and talk with him, I trust, Lord, you are my good. You're directing my life. You're guiding my heart. You're directing my steps. You're looking after all of my circumstances and situation for me. You're leading me in the way that you would have me to go, and I will not fear. Hallelujah. No matter what may come, I have confidence in the one who leads and directs my life. Hallelujah! Things may come up, but I have confidence in Him because I know He leads and directs my life. What a comfort! What peace! Hallelujah! When you know that, when you know Him that way. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. We know Him as Savior, You think about what, where you were when he found you, but he found you, and if it wasn't for him finding you, you'd still be lost, but he found you, and something happened, and he pulled you out, and you didn't even know really what was going on a whole lot, and then you began to understand, man, I was in trouble, I was in darkness he found me. I was, I, my life was spiraling downward, and he plucked me out. Oh, hallelujah. I was in a pit, and he grabbed me and set my feet upon a rock, praise God. I know him as my Savior. Do you know him as your Savior? If he did that for you at the beginning, what about today? What about right now? Hallelujah. What about that? There are some that have been in almost, you'd call them near-miss accidents. Something has happened. There was an accident, but I walked away unscathed. I could have died, but I know the Lord was protecting my life and keeping my life. As Do you know him as your protector, the one who surrounds you and covers you, stations his angels around you to guard your life, the one who protects you? It's so much better to know him as your protector than just to know verses about how he protects. Because when the time comes, those verses about how he protects, if that's all you know, that will not stand knowing Him as your protector will. His word here written to us should turn our attention and focus to the living one who spoke these words. We should direct our focus to Him so that we can know Him as He is mentioned in His word, as His word says. You know, there are there are things personally, like, I talk about struggling as a Christian sometimes. And I talk about that because that has been in the past my experience. Trying to do all the right stuff. And not doing so well. Now, I'll, I won't go into all of the details today. I have in the past. But there was a point in my life where I literally gave up, because I tried living for God, I tried living without God, and none of it was working. (laughs) But I had struggled as a believer. how, How tried? I know better. I know what the Bible says. I know how it should be happening, but it's not. And I've tried. I've done everything I know to do, and it simply has not changed. And at that time, I quit, because I didn't know what else to do. But he didn't let me stay quit for very long. He came, and he rescued me, drew me back to himself. And what really changed me was this truth. Well, I mean, I, had, I was trying to do all the right stuff, trying really hard. And this came to heart and mind, and it changed me. I am your righteousness. Righteousness. And along with it, the thought is, as long as he is, I'm righteous. He considers me to have done all the right things. And all I have to do is put my faith in him. And he treats me as if I did everything right. It don't get any easier than that. But that is His grace to us. No, you didn't do everything right, nor can you. But He's not asking you to. He's asking you to put your trust in Him, because He did everything right for you. Oh, hallelujah. He did everything right on your behalf. Do you accept that? Is that acceptable to you? Do you receive that word? Jesus did everything right for me. I couldn't earn it. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't make it happen on my own. But somebody did it for me. Hallelujah. And that someone is Jesus. He is the righteous one. And I have put my confidence in him. Hallelujah. And as long as he is, I'm righteous. Because he alone is my righteousness. Praise God. And when I stand before God the Father, I'm going to point at Jesus and go, he's the one. He's the reason I'm here He's the one that brought me here He's the one that did it for me And who gets all the glory then He does, hallelujah He gets all the glory Because he did all the work, praise God He gets all the glory for it And what he does for us Is he says, absolutely I am your righteousness Hear him say that I am your righteousness I am. As long as I am, you're righteous before the Father. As long as I am, I treat you like you've done everything right, and all you have to do is trust me and believe me when I tell you that. Do we know him as our righteousness? Or are we still trying to get it all fixed, trying to do all the right stuff? Because you know, I heard I gotta be like this and I gotta do this. And if I want this to work, I gotta do that. And I gotta try all these different things to make this happen for me. I don't know really know what to do. And so I'm gonna go out and get some more teaching, or maybe I just give up because I can't seem to get it done. Oh, hallelujah. There are answers here this morning for you people. Hallelujah. For all of us, there is this answer. I can turn my eyes to him and say, Jesus, you are my righteousness. You are. Oh, hallelujah. And the weights come off, and the shackles are loosed. praise God. And you can know what it is to have a living faith in him as your righteousness. Jesus, I, I can't do it all. I can't do it all right. Nor are you asking me to. I heard him say this to me recently. Let me get all the way through before you start going throwing stones. And yes, I have scriptures for it, don't worry. The way he said it challenges our understanding, and it's meant to. He said your sin is not your responsibility anymore. It's mine. Because we get caught up and oh, I made a mistake, oh, i got to fix it, i got to change this, i got to do that. Or I, I knew I shouldn't and I didn't, and oh. And now you're trying to make up for what you did or trying to do it right so you don't do it again. And you're all concerned about it. And he says, that's not your responsibility anymore. That's mine. Because I am your righteousness. I am your Lord. You turn that over to me and let me deal with it, he says. Oh, there's, there's freedom in that. Does that mean we just live however we want? Woo-hoo! Lucy-goosey, whatever. Whatever I want to do, it just goes. No problem. He's God. I don't care. Absolutely not. That means you didn't hear Him, and you don't know Him. If you're living like that. Because if you did, you'd hear, if you knew Him, you'd hear the grace and the mercy in that. You hear the freedom in that, and you go, man, I just, your heart wants to respond to him and say, God, I'll just, you help me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I know you help me. I know you lift me up. I know you are my righteousness. It's not your responsibility anymore. Just leave it alone. Trust him. Praise God. We get so caught up because we become self-conscious and sin-conscious with how we live our lives. The more we learn from his word and hear what righteousness is all about, sometimes in our flesh we think about it the wrong way and we try to fix everything. And that was never his intent to begin with. That's not how you got saved. Just as you received him as Lord, so walk in him. Did you come to him and say, okay, God, I've been been reading here, I realize I've made a whole bunch of mistakes, but here's what I'm going to do, fix it up. I'll fix it up. I'll make it look just like Jesus, and then you can let me in, right? has nothing to do with how you came in. That's That's not what you did. It's not, okay, God, you get me the ticket in the door, and then I will go make sure I earn it by living as cleanly as I know to. That ain't Christianity either, hallelujah. That was never his intent for you to somehow pay him back. In fact, it's almost an insult. Because yeah. you could never pay him back. That's right. How can you pay him back? We were bankrupt. <laughs> what are we going to pay him back with? <laughs> <laughs> we're only going to pay him back with what he gave us. That's right. No, the only thing that you can do is honor him. Yeah. By recognizing how gracious and good he is and honor him. By saying, I'm, I'm here. Whatever you put in my heart to do, I'll do it. And not on my own. Whatever grace I recognize, I will be a good steward of it. Because you've given it to me and you know me. And you'll help me. I'm not on my own. I want to encourage you this morning. No. No more than just encourage you this morning. I want you to hear this morning what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Because he's telling us there is an open door for us here to know our Lord in a very real way. When Pastor Gwen was giving that word this morning, did you hear what she was saying? Did you hear the Lord saying through her? We're trying to struggle your way to get out of that pit. Quit trying to use a formula to dig yourself out. There is one who saves and rescues you. Look to him. Trust in him. Believe in him. There is only one. There is no other way. Just one. And it's not a formula. It's a person. Him. Can you hear that? Can you hear him? Can you respond and say, Lord, okay. Okay. However that happens in your heart, can you hear him say, okay? Can you lay your burdens down of all the struggles and all the tries and the attempts, can you lay it down and just say, yes, Lord, I hear you. I put my confidence in you. Hallelujah. Believe it or not, sometimes I run out of words. (laughs) And this is one of those times, not because it's close to the end of the service time, but because after a while, I, I just don't even know what to tell you anymore. It's just too big for my mouth to wrap itself around. It's too big for my mind just to condense down into some sentences. Knowing him, what he's, how he is, what he's like, who he is. The Bible says that is eternal life. It's to know him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't be concerned about the order of service this morning. Let's be more concerned about hearing what the Lord is saying to us. As I know that you can hear His voice, I know that you can respond in your heart. It's not a matter of just sitting in a chair and hearing a good sermon going home and saying, Thank you, Jesus. It's a matter of hearing Him right now. Can we forget about the order of service for a moment? You know, forget about lunchtime and an hour from now for just a moment, and realize that nothing is more important than opening your heart to him and hearing him, knowing him, responding to him. So I'm going to ask us to do something that is a little bit different. And it might be uncomfortable for your flesh. And now all of a sudden, what is he going to ask me to do? I'm going to ask all of us to forget that other people are in the room with you for just a minute. And I'm going to ask you to pray and talk to the Lord. You might use lots of words. You might use almost no words. But I'm going to ask you to respond to what he's saying. I can only say so much with my lips, but he can say so much more to you in your heart. So I'm going to ask you right now to respond to him. And take this as an opportunity to walk through that door into a greater place of faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to start to pray. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to join me. Now, you don't have to say the same things, but between you and the Lord, you talk to him. And we're going to take a few minutes with it, so don't get uncomfortable. Just forget there's other people in the room, just you and the Lord. We'll have music come up in a little bit, but not right now. So let us respond together. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we hear what you're saying to us through your word today. We hear you speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord you need to lift your voice and say, you lift your voice and say, this is open time right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you. I know you are in this place, and you are in our midst, and you are walking I'm sure I this Lord, we honor you. We look to you. We thank you. We thank you for rescuing us. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for delivering us in so many ways. And sometimes, Lord, the words are just not adequate. But our hearts say of you, there is no other like you. I thank you all we have to do is hear you knocking and we can open the door and you come in and we have fellowship together. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for opening the eyes of every person's heart. I thank you for that light shining in the midst of every person helping us to see clearly Your hand in our lives, your work, the thing that you are saying to us, what you are doing. I thank you, lies are being exposed and removed from our thinking. The light of your word shineth within, and the darkness of lies are removed from our thinking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Shalane, would you come up for a few minutes? We're going to have some worship that we can join in with here in a moment. I said, I know that might feel a little uncomfortable at first, but I'm telling you, it's important that we learn how to respond in our heart to the Lord. It really is. And maybe for some of you, that's the first time, and maybe you felt a little awkward. Oh, what is everyone doing? I don't know what to say. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. But pursue Him from that place. Just open the door and let Him come in. And you will know him better and better every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W 3B1.